American corn farmers, a proud and chosen profession inspired through generations. Tested, resilient, and committed to giving back as much as they're growing, pushing the boundaries of what's possible with every bushel, while replenishing every increasingly precious resource, like the reduction of soil loss by 40% with every acre grown. In a world where sustainability matters more than ever, we need all the help we can get. And there's no greater resource than the capable hands of American corn farmers. Searching for the loan that's right for your life or your business? The Bank of Clark County offers personal auto financing, personal loans and business lines of credit, mortgages and business real estate loans, home equity loans, personal and business construction loans, and more. Whether you're looking to upgrade your life or your business, the Bank of Clark County has the loan that fits. Visit your local Bank of Clark County branch or go to bankofclark.bank. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. Rondo Griffin, Anthony Gulick, your host as always, coming to you on the air. After a tough loss to a division rival, the Titans end up losing 34-31 in overtime. Anthony, a lot of ups and downs with this game. You know, we're, we're going to go into it in a lot of detail, and it's a, a lot of future that came after this game and towards the rest of the season. But first things first, the init- your initial reaction and thoughts to losing in overtime to, again, the Titans. Oh, man. Um, initial thoughts. Um, there's some good things to be taken away from this game. Although we lost and it's a game that we should have won and everybody is frustrated, um, I think it's. I don't think it's time to hit the panic button. Um, like We did some really good things in this game, and um, I think I think w- one of the best things that um, I've, I've seen from this team all season was stopping Derrick Henry in this game. Uh, I want to say he probably had like, 68 yards or, or like 70 yards rushing something like that and usually you guys know that he's he's been breaking records this season like he was on pace to get like 2200 yards this year because he's just been going for like 150 yards a game and even uh, our last game we held him down a little bit but he still went for like 130 um so i was really happy to see um us really key in on henry and do a great job and i know that he got hurt that's going to be in a later topic in the later topic in this episode but um yeah even even though he got hurt i still think that we did a really good job on him uh grover stewart he played a great game and even though we lost and the defense then played a great job as a whole i'm really proud of how uh, we did uh, with uh, stopping the run there yeah definitely no, you mentioned that early statistic yeah we had henry went for 28 carries 68 yards for a whooping total of 2.4 yards to carry. And that, that's a win. When, you, when you're talking about Derrick Henry, who, again, as you said, has been demolishing records, running over everybody, 100-plus yards a game. You could probably write it in, in pen. You know, you look at the rushing title, he is literally 300 yards above the guy in second place. So he has been absolutely killing it this year. So to stop that guy and hold him under 70 yards, is you, you definitely give your applause to the defense because. You, you got the job done when, when it comes to stopping Tennessee's game, game plan. Now, obviously, A.J. Brown's still hurt. Too. He still goes off for 10 and a buck 55. You know, you can't have that happen. But if we're being honest, we all know that the focus and the star of that team is Derrick 
Henry. So when you can neutralize him, you have at least done something. Now, obviously, in this case, it didn't result in a victory. But if you watch the game, even if you look at the box score, it, it was a very winnable game. Obviously, you know, a three-point loss took overtime. It, it, was, it was very closely contested, and you could even argue that the Colts might have actually choked this one. But l- let's get a little specific so let, let, let's start with the Colts let, let's talk about the, the offense I don't know about you Anthony and we've said over the last couple of weeks that there's not much to complain about even though we put 31 points on the board I've got some complaints this week but I'll let you start off and we'll see if they coincide but Anthony with the offense if you want to start positive or negative let's just have at it uh positive uh to start the game um we started off grade 14-0 uh lead and that was it was great seeing Michael Pittman catch two touchdown passes positive Michael Pittman that's what I'm going with Michael Pittman is a beast uh, even at the end of the game that that leap and catch over like three guys the dude's an animal he plays angry and you know it's 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 really great to see negative immediately uh, multiple thoughts come to mind uh, Jonathan Taylor uh, why do we go away from him um, I was literally watching it like during the game, like m- like most people like um, noticed it after the game. But that last interception where Wentz threw it to Pittman, Taylor was wide open across the middle. He was wide open across the middle, and I was watching it wide the- fucking open. He was wide open. He was wide open, and like I shit you not, like um, I I thought he was throwing it to Taylor because he was looking that way, kind of. So I was like, man, oh my god. We're going to get a first down. He's going to run with it. We're going to get a field goal because that was the second time that we had the ball. And we're going to win the game. Oh, my God. And then he throws it in double coverage to Michael Pittman Jr. and he gets intercepted. So I'm just like, oh, my God. And another negative aspect is injuries. T.Y., you know, he gets sandwiched between two guys and he hurts his neck, which was already hurt. And it's been um, said that he almost retired. Um from this neck injury, and after that, our three active wide receivers were Pittman Jr., Pascal, and Ashton Doolin. You know it's bad when Ashton Doolin is getting targets, and he's usually a special teams guy who maybe has one catch per game, if that. If that, he's used as a decoy. Like, on that uh, big touchdown pass to Pittman last week, he was a decoy, which which they fell for. Uh, it, it was a fake screenplay, but... I don't even know who we're gonna have playing receiver. Like, if you like, I I assume that Ty he's probably gonna be out for another few weeks. You know, like like I said, he's probably gonna retire after this year. He's in his mid thirties. Love love the guy, but he can't stay healthy, and I would hate to see a good dude just you know just go out and get hurt every week. So let's let's just throw out like our theoreticals here. We bring up QT and and Megastron. We have five guys there. That's still not enough. People aren't going to respect that, and they're still going to key on uh, key in on Michael Pittman. So I think with the trade line trade deadline coming up, we have to get something done here for at least a wide receiver. If Chris Ballard, if he really cares about this season, he has to make a move. We've seen people asking for trades. Obviously, like it's far fetched, but Allen Robinson has uh, wanted to be out. Uh, my boy Deshaun Jackson, you know he he played with Carson Wentz before. He wants out. Even though I I know I know Chris Ballard's not going to do it just because it's Chris Ballard, but something has to happen. Like we're not going to win games because like 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 we said, Michael Pittman has been he's been beasting out 
lately. Teams are going to key in on him. Like we saw in that last interception, he was in double coverage. And then the safety came off the middle and picked him off. It's like three guys were technically covering that dude. So, you know, Pittman, he, he can only do so much. He's not going to be, you know, going crazy with three guys or, or, or two guys covering every game. Um, and, I, and I just hate, like I said again, how we went away from Jonathan Taylor. I thought he should have got way more carries. But um, just, just going away from Taylor and, and, and the injuries to the wideouts, it's just like the corner situation. You, you can only do so much with what you have. Yeah, you know, a, a lot of good stuff there. I'll I'll go with you. I'll start negative. And I agree with you. It's Taylor. Why why do you why do we continue to just avoid this man? It's almost like it feels like he's on a pitch count because and if you look it up, he has never amassed over twenty carries in a game this year. You know, and even this game, sixteen carries for him, fifty one passes for Carson Wentz. By all means, I have loved Wentz this season, but that win or lose, that's a problem. That cannot continue to happen, you know. And coincidentally enough, we're t- the guy, the, the other, the guy on the other side of the field who we've been talking about, and how he again. I by all means, I am not saying you need to give Taylor the amount of carries that Derrick Henry gets. But what is it about that twenty touch number, that twenty carry number, that that scares you so much that you avoid going to him? There's been plenty of times in this season, in both winning and losing opportunities, where he has been killing it. Defenses have shown they can't stop him. But again, it's because because of this magical pitch count, you stop giving him the ball, you avoid him. And l- let's talk about that overtime pass. I agree with you. And obviously, at, in the moment, I'll, I'll be honest, in the moment watching the game, I didn't see Taylor. So, and obviously, I don't have the same viewpoint as Wentz does. So when you go back and look at it, it looks even worse because Taylor's in the middle of the field. You cannot tell me as a quarterback, you're not looking there. Like, I, by all means, I understand progressions. I understand you have to go through them. But I, I just don't understand how you missed that. And by all means, I understand going to your guy when you need to play, which has been Pittman for this year. But you can't force that pass. Even if we have seen in this season that Pittman has found ways to catch balls he has no business catching, th- there's a time and place for that. Overtime in your territory is not the time to play that game. Especially in, in the case of this game where, you know, you lost T.Y. Hilton, but obviously him and Pittman and Hilton have only been on the field for two games, kind of this one. So yes, to your point, teams are going to key in on Pittman because they can, but you mentioned it. It's you were down to Pittman, Pascal and Doolin loves Zach Pascal. He's not scaring anybody. Ashton Doolin is a special teamer, and that I'm not saying that to disrespect him, but like you said, if he's getting routes run, and if he's running routes, and he's getting offensive snaps, and he's getting targets, that's a problem. So you, you've got to call someone up. You know, I've made jokes about Kiki Kuti, but I'd rather him getting snaps than Ashton Doolin. I, they went to Ashton Doolin four times in this game, and but yes, on one of the plays, he did draw a defensive PI, which is important, but he definitely had two drops. I'll give him one pass that was too high, but you have no business throwing to that man. He has not shown me anything in terms of being a pass catcher. Maybe he can later, but let's just be real. It call a spade a spade. He's a special teamer. He needs to be a special teamer. That's what I got for the negative. But you know, we can talk positive. Michael Pittman again, 
showed you, he's ready to be the guy. You know, I'll just say it right now. He's clearly shown he's ready to be the guy. I guess we got to apologize because we called him a wide receiver two in the preseason. He's clearly a wide receiver one, and the Wentz-Pittman connection that we're going to get for the next couple of years is going to be fun to watch. And I'm more excited now that I have his jersey coming on the way. I just bought that a week ago. He, he, he's good. He's really good. It's going to be very exciting to see him and Taylor essentially be the youth of this offense for years to come. That's a nice running back wide receiver tandem to have going forward. But yeah, the offense, it ultimately, I think it does kind of also boil down to Frank Wright. He, he still said he's not going to give play calling responsibilities to Marcus Brady. I'm, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I, I, I think it wouldn't hurt you to change things up. But there, it's just it's it's been a a season long thing of just baffling choices again, and just like I'll end here with Taylor getting 16 carries and 70 yards. That's 4.4 yards a carry on average. Again, that that's elite numbers. That's what you want from your starting back. By all means, not saying on the other side of the ball, Henry had 28. I'm not saying Taylor needs 28, but 20. 21, 22, and I'll say it again here, and I'll close off the office with this. Uh, where was Naeem Himes, and what happened to him? You, you paid him. You clearly said he's important enough to keep him long-term. You, you gave him the one wildcat play in the red zone, which I was waiting for all season, but where's number 20, number 21? Why, why are you afraid to just like feature him in the game plan? Yeah, that that was definitely confusing too. Like we said um, in the uh, past episode, uh, Hines is a Tennessee killer. Usually, he's he's that guy that just kills Tennessee for some reason, and we didn't really use him. And he he went from a factor to a non-factor like really quick, which is it sucks. And yeah, too, uh, I saw this one uh, this this joke somebody said on Twitter like. Uh, yeah, like it's, it's it's like Frank Reich is trying to save Taylor for the playoffs, but you have to get to the playoffs first. Like you can't you can't just like just just coast for this long. He's your best player. You got to give your best player the ball. And like you said, he's he's wide open in the middle of the field. You know he you know he might have taken that to the house. He literally might have taken that to the house because Jonathan Taylor in open space is lethal. It's just it just sucks to see. And that was. A big negative for me, and and like you said, it wouldn't hurt to change things up. I think, I think Frank is a really good play caller. Like before this season coming in, I thought he was an excellent play caller. Now after seeing him this year, I think he's a good play caller. I think um, seeing his plans coming to fruition, like um, what what games, like the Forty ers game, the Baltimore game up until the fourth quarter. Like Frank can call a good game. It's just a matter of like. He, it's it's just like the Carson Wentz situation almost. It's like when Carson Wentz he gets into like a situation where there's adversity and like a big time moment like um, needs to happen. Like he kind of crumbled. Um, and 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 the same happened with Reich. Like the you know when you need a big play, um, he kind he kind of calls some 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 dumbass plays and. I'm not going to say, like, he's a fraud like most people on Twitter because, you know, with, with his play calling, um, you could say because we've had great quarterbacks here in the past, um, Andrew Luck might have bailed him out sometimes. Phillip Rivers might have bailed him out sometimes. But what I saw was Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby Brissett 
was a totally different quarterback when he was starting with, with Frank Wright than what he is now. We saw him when he played against us a couple weeks ago. He looks terrible. But when he was when he was uh, playing for the Colts in 2019 as a starter, he was, like, not bad. Like, I remember the game against Atlanta when we started, like, 21-0 and he finished the game, like, with, like, 85% completion passing rate and then he passed, like, 330 and, like, three touchdowns. Like, you're never going to see that from Jacoby Brissett ever again, and that's a factor of Frank White because he's a quarterback guy. Um, so I'm not going to say he's a fraud, but I definitely think some things need to change. Um, and I'm just not going to hit the panic button. I still believe in our coaching staff. Um, I believe that um, along with Reich, I still think that Eberflus has uh, some questionable decisions. But um, I still do believe in our coaching staff this year, and I'm not going to hit the panic button just yet because uh, we, we've made the playoffs before from 1-5. and five, and We're 3-5, and five, so you know you still have some breathing room left. So I'm not going to hit the panic button just yet. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I'm, I'm not hitting the panic button. It, it's still too early in the season. You still have nine games left. It, there's still a long way to go. But and and I agree. Actually, I agree with you also on the coaching staff. I don't. Well, there's one guy on the coaching staff that I'm done with, and that's me, Matt Eberflus. And let, let's flip over to the defense because, and honestly, I'm like, yes, you gave him 34 points, but I still I don't really have any necessarily faults with this defense. I I felt they played a good enough again a good enough game to win. Again, this comes down to play calling. Because late in the game, when it's tied or you're trying to hold a lead, I, I remember one play specific. I think it was like third and 20 for the Titans. And this, I don't know if I can't remember if this was overtime or the fourth quarter, but you had your corners playing like 12 yards back. And they nearly almost picked up first down. And the ultimate, they ultimately get it going on up for fourth and on fourth and one. But what are you doing? It's third and 20. I get that. But you, you doesn't mean you give up 15 yards. Because they weren't in field goal range. So if they didn't, as long as they didn't get close enough, they had to punt it. But you let them get to a fourth and one, of course they're going to go for it on fourth and one because we've been talking about who they've got on the other side in the backfield. And ultimately they give it to him and he picks it up on a broken foot at that as we learn later. So with Ibrahim, I'm, I'm just done. I don't like this bend but don't break, cover two, sit back. I, I'm done. I'm absolutely done with it. As you mentioned, We've seen this defense and this team do more with less talent. This is by far the most talented defense we've seen on the Colts in recent history. How we continue to allow teams, how we continue to allow teams back into the game is truly annoying. Uh, you know, and as a guy we've talked about in a negative sense, but by all means, he's playing good enough. AQM has no business being your sack leader. None. Zero. But it, like it, in this game, it's like I figured. You sacked Tannehill three times. You had six tackles for loss. You had five QB hits. You had a couple of interceptions. Yes, while A.J. Brown did torch us, but you contained Henry to less than 70 yards. That's a win. I, I'll put it this way. This is one of those things where we obviously know we knew coming in that Eberfus was a McDaniels guy. He wasn't Reich's choice. He decided to keep him around. For the most part, it's worked. This might be the first year where we've really seen it just absolutely not work and I think this needs to be his last year's even the coordinator I think this in this offseason Frank needs to go get his own guy because you've got to change something up because and we'll talk about a little later if you want to be a playoff you want to be serious contenders that type of defense isn't going to cut it because we don't have the type of offenses to mask that 
and I, I am by all means, I am not saying I don't have faith in Carson Wentz and John Taylor and all those guys. But what I am saying is they are not equipped and they are not built to bail us out like the Peyton Mannings and the Andrew Lux were. You've got talent on this defense. You need to let them go hunt. Yeah, I agree. I'm just not a fan, uh, just in general, of Matt Eberflus um, this season. Like you said, uh, you're done with him. I'm done with him too. Um, and like you said, like you lifted all those stats and stuff like that. The defense made Tannehill look bad. Like if you if you really think about it this way, think if, if you think about it this way, Carson Wentz played terrible last game. He played terrible. I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. Every quarterback has their bad games. He didn't play good, but he was out playing Tannehill up until the fourth quarter before that 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 dumbass flip shovel pass thing. He was, you know, I also after thinking about that shovel pass, that was better than taking the safety because if you take a safety, they get the two points, then you punt, then you're done. At least we got the ball back. So after rethinking about it, that wasn't as, as stupid as I thought it was, but still like incredibly stupid, incredibly stupid. But at, but up up to that point, he was out playing Ryan Tannehill. You know, like like I said, coming into this year, Tennessee fans were were uh, talking about how. How um, Tannehill was a top ten quarterback. Kenny Moore made him look like a fool, man. man. And like these guys were playing, playing really good. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, we did enough to win, like you said, and we just didn't, which it just insane to me. But I think the Eberflus has to go as well. Um, and I just hope that, man, I, I hope that Chris Ballard he doesn't pull like a Seattle Seahawks uh, move, you know what I mean? Like I got some friends who are Seattle Seahawks fans, and they've had Ken Norton, who's their defensive coordinator, and their defense. People know their defense has been struggling for years, but he's he's still there because he's just because he's a high character guy, stuff like that. So I hope that like Chris Ballard doesn't mess around and like just keep Eberflus on the staff because he's a good guy. The oh, and like the only reason I say that is because Sam Ellinger won the freaking uh, backup QB job from being a nice guy. He didn't show more than Jacob Eason did as much as like we uh, I don't think we really talked about the Jacob Eason situation as, as as much as other people did. But we talked about it in the preseason. He showed more than Sam and he earned the right to be the backup quarterback, but just because Sam was a nice guy, he won the job. So is so is Eberflus going to keep his job because he's a nice guy? That's the only thing I'm concerned about. Uh, but but like obviously we need change, and I, I hope change does happen. But like I said, Chris Ballard is not an aggressive move maker. So um, besides trading up for Taylor and besides trading for Buckner, he's not an aggressive move maker. So I'm really I'm curious to see what happens here because change does need to happen. Yeah, definitely. You know, you, you talk about greatly. It's so, something's you got to shake something up because the the current the current production is not going to get done. And as we talked about on the show, you're starting to get towards a window where you need to start seriously looking at making a run at titles. You know, I believe we said a couple of weeks ago. I know I said it. I don't think we're we're like a year away. You know, a couple of pieces at that, but we're, we're right there, and we're built where we could potentially go dynasty run. We're young enough. We, you know, again, our oldest players are T.Y. Hilton and Jaguar at the age of 31. So we're right there. We're ready to kind of 
be in that conversation for the next four to six years, but you still need a couple of pieces. And you're right. We didn't really talk much about the backup quarterback thing, but at least for myself, it's gotten to a point where I'm comfortable with Wentz being the starting quarterback. I don't care who the backup is. At this point, the backup is whoever's the best at holding a clipboard. Because if I have it my way, you're not touching the field unless I want you to go take a kneel down for me because we're up by like 30. So Sam, well, Sam Allinger being the backup, good. I, I I got a point real quick. We haven't really talked about this, though. If the season shits the bed, are the Colts going to sit Carson Wentz to save that draft pick? Because I guess you could we, just... Because if we... if let, Let's just say... Because we do have a few tough opponents left. Um, let, let's just say that we beat the easy teams, but we lose to uh, Tampa and Buffalo. We're already s- sitting at seven losses. And then you still have to play Arizona left. Are they going to sit Carson Wentz? and play Sam Ellinger the rest of the year, or are we going to go balls to the wall and potentially lose our draft pick? That's a situation where I don't I don't really know what's going to happen. I mean, like I say, it's a conversation we can have. You could definitely look into it. Maybe, maybe we'll look into it next show because we'd do the math on that. But I think we're to a point right now where, it, like, if I remember, the conditions of the trade was that he has to play – it's either it's 70% of the snaps and we make the playoffs, or it's just 75% of the snaps, period. So in that case, it would mean we're not making the playoffs. I don't know where he is currently in terms of snaps for the year, but I would venture to say since he's played every single snap, every single offensive snap to this point in the season, I'd venture to say he's getting close to that 70% number, that 75% number. Well, you know, we could definitely look into it to see how exactly close he is. But I, me personally, I, I just don't think it's feasible. I, I don't think you do that. It, it's been a topic discussed all over Twitter. I'm to the point of where... You traded for this man. You still didn't know what he does. By all means, I I'm on board with Wentz. I'm okay with him being the quarterback. I I don't think I don't think you pull him to you know secure your draft pick. And my main point has been you don't want to destroy that locker room. It, you know if you do that, you're telling the guys in the locker room it's like yeah we don't have faith in you. We need a first round pick. We need another guy in here. You know you're, you're essentially telling them you want to take, you want to lose to draft somebody to potentially take one of their spots. You know that that's been the age old that's been the age old thing about about going against tanking. So again, I I don't think you do that unless you know the season's just like way out of reach. And so let's even get to that a little bit. So you mentioned earlier, the Tigers are sitting at six and two. We're three and five currently in the division, but looking at the schedule and we've said this, we've got a few easy opponents coming up. And by all means, I am not, I am not highlighting an injury. It's absolutely terrible that, that Henry is potentially done for the season, but you've got to be, you got to look about it. You got to look at it that way. Tennessee just lost their best weapon. He makes that offense go. You know they're not they're not going to be rolling anymore like they were. The, will they still win a couple of games? You know, absolutely. I'm not going to say they're going to lose out, but even if you want to call the division out of hand, I the playoffs are still not out of reach, especially with the Jets coming up on this short week, and then you get the Jags right after that. Very easily after week ten, we could be sitting at 500, and who knows? Maybe the t- maybe the Titans are sitting at uh, six and four, but or sorry, yeah, six and four by that time. So you know, Anthony, I look at you. I ask you. Because, you, again, you've got the Jets coming on a short week. We know T.Y.'s not playing. We know Tyquan Lewis is out for the season. But it's the Jets. I didn't know like, that. He's out for the season? Oh, he's out for the yeah, ACL. Three oh, deadly letters. God. So, yeah, he's done. Oh, man. That, that's – oh, man. That, that – like, you, you guys didn't see my initial reaction. 
but I am shocked. I I just thought he was like out for a few games. Like I haven't I haven't caught up with the injury report because like obviously I like I said I was watching the game and I've been staying off the internet because the game pissed me off. But after he tripped and everything, I just thought he like got caught up uh, caught up um, and and tripped over his own feet on that after after that interception. Well, looks like he's out. That sucks. Yeah, he's definitely. Let's talk about that play a little bit because I've just, I've been, obviously, I've been questioning reps for like the entirety of me watching sports and being an athlete myself. So, how does, how does the down by contact, how does that work? Because I, I was taught that the ground can't cause a fumble. Yet the ground causes a fumble on Tyquan Lewis's interception return and Tennessee recovers it and it's Tennessee ball. So, can someone enlighten me on what the rules are? Obviously, we already know about the, the punt return debacle in the Niner game. And then, sure enough, it happens on Thursday night. Yeah. Where, uh, who was it? What was his name? Rondell Moore. Rondell Ron- no Moore accidentally t- touches him, but it's a live ball. So, do we just choose when rules apply and when they don't? I, I It's been an age-long thing, but... And maybe I've even said this before, but like... You like NFL? You need you need you need to clear this up at least before the playoffs. If, it, if you're gonna have them, if you're gonna be these bad regular season, okay, fine. But when playoffs come, like this, that cannot happen. Yeah, no. Uh, to be blatantly honest, it's bullshit. Um, the how like I get I get the fumble thing. Like, yeah, you can call it whatever you want, NFL. But we came out with the football when they uncovered the pile. George Odom had the football. Like, how do you call that Tennessee ball when they don't even got the ball? Like, and it, it was just a bunch of BS in that game, too. Like you said, like with the punts and everything, they they fleeced us against the 49ers with that call. And then also with, with the holding calls, man, like a lot of JT's big plays got called back because of, like, Chris Reed holding or somebody holding. But those were freaking weak. Those were so weak. Like, if you look at Tennessee's offensive linemen, they are grabbing the jerseys of our fucking defensive ends. They are grabbing the jerseys of the defensive ends. And that's not being called. But Chris Reed gets 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 flagged one time, and he takes and that takes away a 20-yard run. Like, it's just a killer play. And I, I don't think referees and officiating has been consistent across the league. Um, and I feel like... Like like you said, I feel like sometimes they just be making up their own rules. Like stuff doesn't make sense. So yeah, and, and by all means, even in that game, you know, there, there were some plays that went in our favor, but it, it's still it's on the refs. You know, a player, a player in particular that got the ire of Twitter. You know, J- Jeffrey Simmons lays a hit on Pittman after his momentum stop, but the whistle isn't blown. You know, and he gets caught by unnecessary roughness. But it's just like, look, by all means, I understand. Like that Pittman's my player. That's my team. But you didn't blow the whistle dead. He's gonna play until the whistle. Yeah, like I was maybe I was one of the few where I wasn't mad about that play because I mean they didn't blow him dead. Again, Imagine Simmons doesn't make that tackle. Pittman breaks through, you know. So it, it, you you need to get the whole thing on a, on a hold. It, it's absolutely ridiculous, and you can't have that happening. But let, let's let's look ahead. You got a short, you got a short, we got a short turnaround. But Andy, you're you're facing the Jets. Do you have literally any? Cause of concern about the new no. facing the New York Jets on a short week at home. No, simple as that. No, I don't give a damn that they beat the Bengals. It was a fluke. The backup quarterback threw for 400 yards. It was a fluke. 
I'm calling it right now. And that's not me being a cocky Colts fan. That's just saying that it's a fluke. If you look at their roster, like who who's a star on their roster? Like, yeah, your coach your coach can come up with a great game plan, which will beat the Bengals. But if 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 you look at their roster, like who's who's gonna kill you? I'm not afraid of any of these running backs. They're a bunch of rookies. I'm not afraid of Corey Davis. He got big money in the offseason to do nothing. He couldn't do stuff with Zach Wilson. What 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 what's he gonna do with the uh, the backup quarterbacks now? Their offensive line stinks. Their defense stinks, except for a few pieces. Like they only won two games this year for a reason. That's why I say like wins and losses. People look at records and like to make assumptions because the Jets now have two wins and they beat the Titans and the Bengals. And people will, will look at that and say, wow, they beat some quality opponents. They're actually not that bad. But if you watch the game, you'll find out. And like the other, like, like for example, if you watch their two games against the Patriots, they freaking suck. And they're just winning these fluke games. But if you're watching, like, but, but, but like they'll look at the Colts and be like, oh, the Colts only have one more win than them. But you can see that we're actually playing these playoff teams with five, six wins already. We're playing them pretty good. We're putting ourselves in a position to win. We just can't bring it home at the end of the game. Like, wins and losses just a totally different thing. So I'm not afraid of the Jets at all. Yeah, and then not only that, like, I made, I made this joke on Twitter, but I was kind of, like, half serious. And I literally said, I was like, name five Jets without the internet. Yeah. And I, I think the best someone could do was someone named one, and it was Zach Wilson. Actually, they called him Zach Martin, so they couldn't even get his name right. Like, like, like you said, who's even over there? Like, yes, I know Corey Davis is on that team because he was a big bunch of free agent signing, but he's not been playing this week. He's already ruled out. Yeah. You know, like, I know they have Jamison Crowder, but that's because I play fantasy football. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like okay, they, they have Marcus yeah. May. Now, now Marcus May is, yeah. would start on almost any other team in this league. And, okay, like, I'm not going to disrespect him, but he's he's one man of 11. So. That's true. Like, oh, I think they have the, don't they have, like, the, they have Quinn and Williams or something? They have, like, the Williams yeah, brothers yeah, or something. Yeah. I, well, like, and, and they, they here, here, here's like an old joke too. You remember how everybody last year was calling them the Indianapolis Jets because they yeah. got a, lot, a bunch of the former Colts. All those guys are gone too, so we can't even name the former players that used to play for us because yeah. they're all gone too. Yeah, like that, look, look, they have no one over there now. And I'll be honest here, and I said this earlier: if the Jets had zero wins right now, I would be scared because that would mean they're due. Like yeah. whoever the Lions play next, they're due. But the Jets got their t- they got their wins. That Titans flu win last year, and let's be real. Last last week against the Bengals, the rest bailed them out. Like I actually, I was yeah, watching yeah, the game on red zone. They, yeah, the rest I, I, I bailed them out. Up, they they picked up a third down on a on a very questionable, rough, unnecessary roughness tackle. So like even even their win, so even their winning against the Bengals, you call it a fluke, a bailout, whatever you want to call it. But I have zero fear of the Jets. You're you're gonna be facing Mike Smith in his second career start. His second time touching the field. Like, yes, he looked nice last week. I, I, it honestly doesn't surprise me. The, the Bengals have never been this stalwart defensive team. They, they've been they, they've been outscoring other people. That's how they've been essentially winning games. The Bengals, that is. So, like, with the Jets coming in, like you said, I, I, I fear no one. This should literally be a repeat of how we dismantled the Texans. And this is it's going to be another pick-me-up game. And I hope the Colts come out angry after this loss, very similar to after that Ravens game. But yeah, I think right now, as of right now, the spread is the Colts are opening as 10 to half point favorites. And by all means, this isn't a betting channel, but freely take that bet right now before the spread goes yes, higher. Yes. Because we're going to easily cover that. 
any player props for Wentz, JT, and Pittman, bet the over because they're going to demolish that. And if you want to get real spicy, bet defensive touchdown because it's probably yeah. going to happen. But, like, I, I, like again, to Colts Twitter, as I said before, I'll say it again. You guys can relax. We got nine games left. And you get the Jets and the Jaguars in the next two games. Now, by all means, if we somehow lose this Thursday and then turn around and lose to the Jaguars the week after that, hit the panic button. I'll hit the panic button with you. But let, let's calm down. We got a lot of games left against terrible opponents the number of quality opponents we face coming up is a very small list for one and then number two i was talking about this on the guy on twitter of saying that oh we we have no easy wins left well it's like one we do have easy wins left and then two here's that here's the thing i don't necessarily want easy wins i want us to go beat other quality teams because if we can't beat quality teams then i can't take the Colts seriously as being super bowl contenders so, you know, okay, like obviously, yes, you want easy wins to pad your 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 win loss record, but with that, you know, because again, you know, we face the Bucks late in the year, we face the Cardinals on Christmas. I would like to see us win those games because then that tells us that we can be serious contenders in the playoffs and potentially make a Super Bowl run. Yeah. But for everyone saying hit the panic button right now, bench wet, keep the first round pick. You're out of your mind. We're not going to do that just yet, especially now with the yeah. Jets coming up. It's the Jets. They've been a the poverty Jets. franchise for the last 50 years. I don't think anyone alive right now has remembers when the Jets were good. When's the last time the Jets were good? When Mark Sanchez butt fumbled? Like, let's be real. I, th- I think I think that's true. And I have, man, I remember, um, I forgot what year it was. It was like, uh, I want to say 2019. I want to say... That was, like, a year. Like, I remember they stunk, but they had a good defense that year. And, like, Jets fans were, like, talking shit on Twitter. Like, dude, you got no room to talk. Like, dude, you're you're the Jets. You're the Jets. <laughs> like, ima- just, just, like, imagine being a Jets fan. Like, you guys won, like, a, a, a total quality uh, – a quantity of, like, 10 games, like, the past four years. You know what I mean? Like, and, that, and, 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 and we're doing that, like, every season. Like, come on. Be quiet. It's the Jets. Same thing with the Jaguars. I think I think I think I saw like a crazy statistic that Mike Smith is their like thirty fifth starting quarterback in like the last like ten years or so, something something yeah. ridiculous like that. I can't remember the exact stat, but yeah, like we, we talk about our evolving door at quarterback, which by the way we've been split at the position. At least we're not them. Like they yeah. have a new quarterback like almost every year. So yeah, like, plus, plus it's. It's not like they're getting they're not getting high draft picks either. They're getting a high draft pick, they're just taking the wrong guys. Like, yeah, like you didn't Quinn have Nelson. to take Sam Darnold. You didn't have to take Sam Darnold. There were other guys on the board. I think they had the third overall pick. The only good quarterback before him was Baker. They could have took Josh Allen. Imagine if Josh Man, Allen they, they could have took Quentin Nelson all too soon. Yeah, they could have took <laughs> Quentin Nelson. Zach Wilson this year, who's been better than them? Mac Jones. Mac Jones has been better than uh, Zach Wilson. They could have took Mac Jones, but Hey, you're the Jets. You do dumb shit. That's just what happens. So, Jets fan, I, I, I do not want to hear anything from Jets fans. We're not losing to the Jets. If there's any like bet, like, like I said, that I'm taking, like all freaking year, I'm taking this game against the Jets. Uh, absolutely. Again, and we're, we're going to have a preview show later. We'll potentially bring in bring in a Jets podcaster in here, hopefully. But uh, again, I. For any Colts fan who was freaking out at this last loss, yes, we're sitting at three and five. 
we well, again, it's not time to panic yet. Not yet. You you if you put your if you have your hand over the button right now, I'm I'm not gonna talk you off of that. That by all means, you can do that. But you've got two cakewalk opponents before you get tough again. You we get like I said, we get the Jets this week at home, and then we get the Jaguars on ten day rest at home, yeah. and then we face Buffalo. So that's two pick me up games. Again, I think we signed up a relax, R-E-L-A-X, relax. We are going to be just fine. Yeah, we're going to be fine. And like I said earlier, like we only have three tough opponents left. If you really think about it, we got uh, Buffalo, Tampa, and Arizona. And uh, I'm not discrediting any other, any other other opponents right now. Like I know that we also have like the Raiders. We also have um, the Patriots. I'm not discrediting those teams. I think that they're that, that they're decent teams, but they're going to fall off eventually. Things that the Colts just do, just from from recent memory, is they just you know turn it on late in the year. And I'm not I'm not going to hit the panic button yet. Um, and, and that's just and, and and like I said, it's not me like being optimistic. If you can't you can't genuinely not say that we that we get what what is it four easy wins. We get the Jets again. We get the uh, Texans, then we get the Jaguars twice. So pencil in, we were three and five right now. That that seven wins there, and then you have to get three more. So you have to. So like, let's just say that we beat the Raiders and Patriots. That leaves you one or two games. Yeah, you you, you have to get Buffalo, Tampa, or Arizona. You have to get one of them, or preferably two of them. That's eleven games right there. That's good enough for a wild card spot. So I don't think it's time to hit the panic button yet. You know, people can overreact all they want. People aren't going to like this, but you just got to chill out. And I think that, I think that, you know, the season, it's a long season. And especially with this extra game here, with this game, it's a whole nother, it's a whole different league now. So I think that the playoff picture is not out of reach. And uh, with Derrick Henry going down, obviously, like you said, we don't like to celebrate injuries. But that team, my opinion, I think they suck now because he carries their I, – I, I think that, that he carries their franchise. Um, and A.J. Brown, you know, you can pass to him all game you want. Teams are going to key in on him. Julio Jones is always hurt. The other uh, running backs on their roster don't give many touches. And even when they do, they're not dynamic. So – and I don't see them making a trade or anything. So Tennessee's not really going to go anywhere. And even if they do, even if they like just say go 500 the rest of the season, they're going to make a, a they're, they'll probably win the AFC South um, or, or be a wild card team just because of their start. And they're not going to move out of the first round because they stink. So there's, there's no reason to hit the panic button right now. Absolutely. Like the zero, none. Again, as you mentioned, we've got easy wins on the schedule. Yes, you got some tough opponents in there, but as I said earlier, if you can't beat the tough opponents, then we have no business being in the playoffs. Absolutely. You know, and even then, you mentioned Titans, obviously, lose again. By all means, never going to celebrate an injury. Derrick Henry going down is absolutely terrible for the league. I was hoping to see him break records. You know, what he, the run he was going on was absolutely amazing. So, you know, hopefully he comes back next year. I think he's out for the season. I know he's going, he goes in for surgery tomorrow. I I guess, I think they were saying six to 10 weeks, but that's basically a season. We'll, we'll see. You know, hopefully he's able to come back from his injury uh, better than ever, but it remains to be seen. Their, their head, the head start they have over us being up four games definitely helps, but that's going to hurt. They got to overcome that. And it, it's a, it's a window opening for us by all means, not celebrating an injury, but it is an 
op- an opportunity has opened for the Colts to uh, essentially get back into the AFC South race. But we're, we're going to see what happens. We're going to end this episode off here. First and foremost, thank all of you guys for tuning in and listening. You can catch this show as well as all of our other shows on iTunes, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Stitcher. Anywhere and everywhere you listen to a podcast, you can find us. Be sure to give our network a follow on YouTube, the Say It Again Network. Give us a subscribe. Hit the like button on all the videos. You can catch our show as well as all the other shows on the network. Great content, not just football, but other sports and even other things lifestyle things take a check out on that be sure to download the app rave on where you sport fans can be heard you can catch myself or anthony hosting the battle chats whenever the colts are playing i will be hosting again this thursday when we face off against the jets i hope you guys are able to tune in for that download the app give them a follow on twitter at rave on sports while you're at it give us a follow on the Colts beat at SIA Colts beat. I've got to thank all of you for participating in our Deo contest. We're going to draw the winner for that off the air right now. And then we're going to announce that winner on our next show. So be on the lookout for that. But as always for myself and Anthony, everyone at the Colts beat, everyone at the say it again. Network, we thank you for tuning in. We thank you for listening. And as always, that is Colts beat. Out. Searching for the loan that's right for your life or your business? The Bank of Clark County offers personal auto financing, personal loans and business lines of credit, mortgages and business real estate loans, home equity loans, personal and business construction loans, and more. Whether you're looking to upgrade your life or your business, the Bank of Clark County has the loan that fits. Visit your local Bank of Clark County branch or go to bankofclark.bank. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. The NBA playoff action is nonstop at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday? Try DraftKings Same Game Parlays. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, total threes made, total rebounds, and more. And right now, all customers can place a Same Game Parlay with three or more legs and get a free bet back up to $25 if one leg doesn't hit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code IHEART. Bet $5 on any NBA team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code IHEART. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Virginia only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, call the Virginia Problem Gambling Helpline at 888-532-3500.